Luke chapter 1, I believe it is. Luke chapter 1. And we're going to begin at verse 39. Luke chapter 1 and verse 39. Say amen when you get it. All right. And let's read it together through verse 45. Will you read it with me? Now Mary arose in those days, can't hear you, and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah. That not it? Okay. Uh, and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then the, she spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women. And blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me that the mother of the Lord should come? She's asking this. For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. The word of the Lord. We are so grateful for this word, and you know uh, the text, and again, this is Mother's Day, and you know the text, and so we're asking uh, you to just uh, stay with us on this text. I know this is usually used for, uh, for Christmas, but this is not Christmas, this is Mother's Day. And uh, let me just remind you that mothers are a gift from the Lord. I want to use for a thought today, a mother's love, a message of grace. A mother's love is a message of grace. And so um, when we look at this text, you know the story. Mary goes to visit Elizabeth, uh, and this is where she goes, and Elizabeth speaks to her, prophesies, <clears throat> John leaps in her womb, Elizabeth's womb, and so on and so forth. And there are things that are prophesied to Mary about the birth of her child. And it's a confirmation uh, for Mary because she's having a difficult time as a uh, teenager, as a um, mother who is betrothed to be married, but now she's pregnant, and more so, she's pregnant with, with God, God's seed. And so, let me just talk about this for a moment, because Mary has to ponder a lot of things in her life, in her mind, about birthing this son, and what will happen. And first of all, I want to tell you, I want to I want to tell you that a mother's love is special. A mother's love is unconditional. Uh, you know, sometimes we forget that, but unconditional, that's the kind of love God has for us. It is unconditional. There is no love like a mother's love. 
a mother loves her child no matter what. You know, you've, you've been around mothers who birth their child and their children. Uh, you know, they're, they're so proud to have their children and their babies. Uh, I've really never, I don't think I've ever seen a really beautiful newborn baby. They're usually wrinkled. You know, you, you don't know if you want to touch them or not. And everybody is saying how cute the baby is and you don't want to lie. But that mother's love for that child says this child is beautiful. Says this child is mine. Says no matter what, I love this child. It's an unconditional love. This child comes into the world without having to earn a mother's love. This child comes into the world being loved unconditionally. All the child has to do is make a noise and mama is going to see about that child. And then somehow mama starts interpreting every grunt, every groan. That's food. That's the diaper dirty. Uh, that, that, that's a sound that the child needs to turn over. That mother has a love that understands, seeks to understand, seeks to nourish her child. A mother's love is absolutely unconditional. A mother may be in a bad situation, an abusive situation even. You may be abusive to the mother, but you can't, that mother is not going to let you abuse that child. That mother is not good. She may take abuse, but she does not want you to touch. She puts her life between the, uh, the abuser and her child. That's the unconditional love of a mother. Uh, so we see this. We see that this mother seeks to nurture, seeks to uh, comfort, seeks to take care of this child in whatever condition, whatever the need is, this mother's whole life is driven to take care of the needs of her child. That is an example of what God's love is. God's love, when it, the Bible says that God is holy, God is wholly driven to love us, to pursue us, to meet our needs. God desires to meet us where we are. God desires to interpret. The Bible says this in Romans 8. He interprets every groan, every utterance, words that cannot be articulated. The spirit seeks to interpret it for us y'all are y'all with me i just want to know if you're listening because this is god's unconditional love you know there's some folks that say well i don't believe it takes all of that well this is what the father's love looks like it's a model of the message of grace love is if i could say it we it, it, it is two-dimensional now we see the what it looks like now here is what it is we receive his love. We can see it and still reject it. Yes. Yes. You see how.
how much he loves you, how much he's driven to take care of you. But the first dimension after observing what love is, the first dimension is we have to receive his love. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us first. He loves us first. He loved us when we were unlovely. He loved us while we were sinners. He loved us when nobody else would love us. He loved us when we could not earn his love. Talk about a mother's love. What about God's love? Doesn't matter what you've done. God loves you. How many of you knows what it feels like, and I want you to think about this, to receive that kind of love. I didn't have to do anything to earn it, but he loved me first. We have mothers and fathers and friends whom we have developed a relationship of love with, but at the same time, how many of us have experienced unconditional love? The first source of love is God's love. God loved us first. When there was nothing and when there was no one, God loved us first. And so we're to receive this love. That's the first thing that we are to do. Uh, Receive the love of God. When uh, the older we get, the less Uh, the, The older we get, the less we rely, it seems, on a mother's love because a mother doesn't need to change our diapers anymore, change our passes, interpret our groans. But mother uh, sees us growing because we have received her nurture, which has helped us to grow. Now, what the stage two is, not only do we see his love but we are or receive his love yes see it receive it the next thing that we're to do is stage two it is we are to give his love to another listen if we do not learn how to live with love how to share it with others We were created for relationships. We were created to love. We were created for covenant. Listen to me because I want you to hear this. If we simply see it, if we simply receive it, and we do not learn how to give it, we will die. Because love is not complete. This is what we got to understand. Love is not complete unless we learn how to share love. Covenant is a two-way commandment. It's a two-way street. God has modeled it for us. God has given it to us. But we do not understand it unless we are willing to give it away. Too many of us have a theology that spoils us. 
He, he said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Jesus said that we're to love one another as we love ourselves. We're, we, First John says we cannot love God unless we love one another. If we have received a mother's love, we are to not just see it, not just receive it, but we're to love others as we have been loved. Love is not a feeling only. No one, people say, well, I can't help who I fall in love with. Well, that's because you are basing your love on a feeling. Love is not based on a feeling. Love is a decision. It's an act of our wills. We have to decide to control Limit, access, we have to decide what we will do with the love that's been modeled and given to us. It's an act of the will. God is not in the... Now, here is the thing about God's love. He is not here to twist you and make you and force you. But he wants you to express the capacity to make a decision with his love. This is a basic stewardship principle. It's a decision. Will you serve him? Will you love him? Will you treat your neighbor right? Everything that you have been given is to be shared. Everything that you have received is to be shared. Please help me today. This is so important. This is a basic principle that true love not only receives, but true love is an act towards others. It's not complete if you don't give it away. In America, we've developed a consumer theology. I see it. I want it. It's mine. I don't have to share it. We have developed a theology that teaches us only how to receive, but not a theology that teaches us how to be responsible. We've developed a theology in America that says we can do anything we want to, and we have no accountability for our actions. We in America are teaching a theology that says, I see the love that God has for me. I receive his love, but I don't have to grow up. I don't have to grow up and be responsible as an adult. We have missed what the purpose of God's love for us like a mother is. And so he gives us a mother. So that we can see what grace is. A mother doesn't want her child to be a toddler for 20 years. Oh yeah. She doesn't want to have to change diapers at 30 years. She does not want him walking around with a pacifier for 30 years. And yet we're preaching in America. If I can't have what I want, let me get a bigger gun. Let me hurt a few more people if I cannot have my way. 
But God's love is unconditional. This mother loves, yes. This mother gives her blood in her pregnancy. This mother feeds and eats for her child to be born healthy. This mother loses sleep. This mother is made uncomfortable for months and months. This mother spends her time sweating and swelling and uh, preparing a room for her child. This mother loves even though this child cannot love her back. But this mother gives her love so much that one day she hopes this child will grow up and love her back. That's the love of a father, folks. We, we cannot continue to tell people and make them believe that true love is what we see on television. Amen. True love walks out. True love doesn't say I love you. True love does not care for others. True love does not meet the needs of other people. We are raising a nation of unhealthy people. Amen. And we're giving them a God that is not true. It's time to grow up. It's time to know what a mother's love is and what it's about. This is why we love our mothers because our mothers have taught us to love. My mother taught me how to pray. My mother taught me how to weep. My mother would pray until tears meet under her chin. We weren't at church. We were kneeling by the bed while she was praying for the church, praying for her husband, praying for her children, praying for the saints, praying for the country. This is how my mother prayed, and she would pray until she cried. I think that I got some of that from her because when I pray, sometimes it doesn't take me long. I start crying, and when I cry, I know that I know that I know that God loves me. I know that God is hearing me because my mother taught me how to pray. My mother taught me how to serve my daddy. My daddy would work. My dad would uh, uh, come in and have to go to the next thing and to the next thing and we would wash his tub out and have his water ready for him when he came in and having to go to a meeting maybe a hundred miles away. We had his socks, his clothes, everything was prepared for my daddy. My mother taught me how to respect my father. My mother taught me how to serve others. My mother taught me how to listen and respect adults. My mother taught me how to read And how to be responsible. And so we honor our mothers. By giving the love that she gave to us. To others. We give. Yes if we're real Christians. We give until it hurts. We give when it's inconvenient. We give when we've been misunderstood. How many times have you been hurt and wounded and you said, I'm not going to deal with it. I was talking to somebody yesterday. My wife heard me on the conversation. It went on and on for a while. And, and my mother, my mother, uh, 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 spirit rose up in me. I knew it because I wanted to get him off the phone. 
He was just whining and crying and talking about who hurt him and he was done with them. And I, I began to talk to him and, and just tell him how much he had been loved, how much a mother loved him and how he had to forgive other people. And he said, I can't do it today, Pastor. I can't do it today. He said, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I said, well, keep talking to the Lord. He'll prepare your heart. He'll, you can't talk to God too long and God don't change your heart. You can't talk to him too long and he don't change your mind. You don't want to hurt your God. You don't want to disappoint your God. Because his love is so true to us. We've been rejected. We've been hurt. We've been wounded. Mary went to Elizabeth's house because there was a lot of trouble in her hometown. She was having problems. People were wondering why is she pregnant. A lot of church folk were having church, but they were uh, talking about Mary. They were talking about this single pregnant mother. And so she knew what rejection was. She knew what pain was but yet she had told the lord her the the word is her fiat was yes lord and she had made up her mind i just wonder if there's anybody here today you're in a predicament like mary you've been hurt you've been wounded you got folk that don't like you folks working against you but i dare you to tell the lord yes lord Yes, Lord. I'm not telling you yes because I'm perfect. I'm telling you yes because you're going to work it out. You know where I, what I need. You know where I'm living. You know what's going on even when I don't know everything that's going on. She said, yes, Lord. And this is where we are as a church today. We are a church body in the earth as a seed of the kingdom. Jesus was the seed planted in Mary's womb. We are the church planted in the earth from the kingdom and we are members through baptism and we've been redeemed and we are here to love the world not the things of the world but to love the world because he first loved us. We're to love the world how long until he returns? How long until God changes things? When we fail, when we fail to receive this gift of love, we see it and we fail to act on this gift of love. We're doing the kingdom a disservice, but we are to bear. Listen, Mary had opposition, but she pondered in her mind what she was doing, her call. Thank God she didn't have an abortion. Thank God she didn't have a miscarriage. Thank God she loved her child. Can I tell you, church, it's not time to abort. It's not time to delete the message of the gospel. It's not time to miscarriage this thing. We've got to tell folk even during this pandemic, there's a virus, but there's a God that's greater than the virus. Mary was in the middle of a struggle, but she said, I'm going to hold on because God's got a purpose for this child. God's got a purpose for this birth. God's got a purpose for what I'm going through. This thing that I'm going through has got to be a blessing to other folk. That's what the verse ends with. It says that it's got to be fulfilled. If you do your part, God's going to fulfill 
his part. You got to carry that seed that's in you. Listen, and the church, the body, all of us, though we're not female, though we're not males or not mothers, we have the message of Christ. This thing that Mary is called in some circles the mother of God, and we respect that as the mother of God. She did bear the son. There's a certain amount of respect to her. Though she is not God, we do not pray to Mary. We see the grace of God in Mary through this message, but she was a God-bearer. Y'all have heard me say this before. The Greek word here is theotokos. It means God-bearer. When you see the love of God, when you receive the love of God, when you give the love of God, you're bearing the seed of God in the earth. When you share the love of God with other folk, you're telling other folk, I love you so much. I don't want you to die and go to a devil's hell. When you are bearing God in the earth, the theotokos of God, you're telling other folk, though you're hurting, I got a God that heals. Though you're broken, I've got a God that'll mend your broken heart. Though you're fighting a virus, I've got a God that'll hide you under the shelter of the Almighty. In his wings, he will bear you up. Good God Almighty, I've come by to tell you that we are to bear God in the earth. The Theotokos, this is not the time to go and hide. This is not the time to quit praying. This is not the time to take your love, your eyes off of the love of God. But this is our impetus. This is what informs us. This is what tells us that God reigns. Even when people hate you because of the color of your skin. When people hate you because of your faith in God. When people make a mockery and says there is no God. We declare that every knee shall bow. Every tongue will confess to the love of a God that died for your sins. Oh yeah! He died for us when we were sinners. When we could not help ourselves. Now we can't help but bear this message and this image of God in the earth. Because we have seen his love. We have received his love when he died on the cross and redeemed us. And now because he is raised, we have the power to tell others that he saves, that he lives forevermore. Well, I'm going to close this because God has a plan. Somebody wants a way out of their dilemma. Somebody keeps looking to the president for leadership. Somebody keeps looking to mother or father or somebody else to bail you out. But I've come to tell you there's only one who can help. And that is God. Who so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I want to close with this story that I have told before, uh, but I have to tell some of you because I want you to remember it. This was during the Christmas season. 
the church was all lit up and decorated to celebrating the birth of Christ and on a night they were gathered they were singing Christmas songs about the coming of the Savior they were coming they were singing songs about the baby in a manger they were singing songs about the wise men they were singing about this great God who sent his son to redeem the world while the church was singing, there was a loud knock at this church, little church in the country, wooden doors, and somebody banged on the door and banged and banged until the singing stopped and the church grew quiet. Finally, the deacons and the ushers went to the door, and when they opened the door, at the door was a baby carriage a little baby bassinet, a little carrier for the baby. And in it was a baby. And while they're trying to comprehend why this baby is at the door in this little bassinet, they're trying to comprehend who would leave. And they looked up and they saw a car speeding away. They couldn't stop the car because the car is too far away. They're yelling, stop. They're yelling, come back. Because down this little country road, not pe many people lived. So they figured that was the person that dropped that baby off and left it at the door. They picked the baby up and brought him back in the church. And the discussion is why would somebody leave their baby? Why would a mother leave her child? Why would a mother leave her baby with strangers? What kind of mother would leave her baby at Christmas time? Her baby with strangers that she's never seen before. And one little old church mother in the back of the church said, y'all don't understand? No, mother, what are we supposed to understand? You mean to tell me y'all don't understand? No, mother, we don't understand. And the mother said that mother loved her child so much that she thought the church was the best place. She couldn't raise him, but the church is the place that I want my baby to be raised. They may not accept me, but they'll accept my baby. Somebody will love my baby unconditionally. Can I tell you the church has got some babies we need to raise. We got some babies that are walking around here on two legs. They're grown, they're 50 and 60 years old, acting crazy, but they need to know somebody loves them. Hurt people hurt people. Wounded people wound other people. Mean people hurt other people because they've been mistreated. Can I tell you, America is going through a dilemma because somebody don't know the love of God. They talk about God. They go to churches that look like they belong to God. But if they knew God, they wouldn't act the way they're acting. Can I tell you, it doesn't matter what we're going through. In America, we've got to understand that the love of the Father restrains us. Causes us to love folk that are unlovely. Pray for